It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to... Okay, we've got uh, more breaking news. It's really a development in a report I gave just a moment ago. Uh, I, I told you that it was 3-9. Well, we have gotten better information. It turns out that that aftershock that you have may, you may have just felt, that I certainly felt here in the studio, uh, was a 4.6 uh, on the scale. 4.6 uh, was that follow-up aftershock. We'll continue to cover this uh, certainly throughout the day. In just a moment, we're going to be speaking with KSL News Radio's Mary Richards, who is out in the field reporting. Uh, right now, we have learned so much today. Uh, and as let me just reiterate uh, some information and some clarity that we've gotten today. And it is about the appropriate way to respond to things like uh, what just happened eight minutes ago, a 4.6 aftershock. Please resist. Resist the instinct to run outside. There is danger out there. There is potential danger outside. Stay inside if the building starts shaking again. Why? Well, because if you go outside, uh, there may be some unsecured items affixed, adornments and bricks and such, on the sides uh, of buildings. And if you are outside, uh, you could be struck by one of those. The guidance from the experts is that you are to stay indoors and to get underneath either a table, a desk, or a console, anything that might protect you from falling objects from above. That's the big danger. Uh, being struck uh, from what is coming above. We uh, here in this modern city have uh, relatively safe and sound buildings. Our homes uh, and many of the buildings were built in an era where seismographic regulations have been in place sufficient to withstand uh, the magnitude quakes that we are feeling today and the aftershocks that are coming uh, residually afterwards. The guidance is to get under a desk Get under a table, get under a console, whatever can protect you from falling objects uh, from above. Mary is now on the line uh, calling us uh, from the east side of Salt Lake City. Mar- Mary, exactly where are you? Yeah, I'm in the Super House area. And Lee, I got to tell you, I'm in one of those uh, charming, quaint brick homes from 1950 uh, that is not quite seismically safe. And so today has been a little bit nerve wracking for a lot of my neighbors. Uh, felt that one too. Doesn't feel like it was as strong reaching out here to the east side of Salt Lake as it was for you guys downtown because a couple of my kids said, oh, what was that? And then it passed. Um, the one this morning, the main one at 7, uh, 10 a.m. Was, was a lot stronger for us out here. What have you been following throughout the day? What have you learned uh, as this day's events have, have, have carried yeah. out? Yeah. Well, as I've told a lot of my family members who've uh, called me, checking on me from out of state, I've spent all morning running around. I had to kiss my kids goodbye at 7.30 and run around. Salt Lake and Salt Lake County, checking out reports of damages and uh, um, and things like that. Went first to Fourth West Fifth South, where there was a uh, building under construction, the rescue mission right next to it. Bricks had fallen all over the sidewalk and streets, and uh, cleaning that up. Speaking of bricks falling off of buildings, that happened there. Then went over to Temple Square because we were starting to get reports that something had happened there, and sure enough, I got there at about 8 a.m. and saw that the angel world eye had lost the trumpet. It was, it was completely fallen out of his hand. And 
And then uh, we've kind of shared that video from Top of Five from above, showing that it had fallen down to one of the spires that had also had some damage. Went from there over to uh, Salt Lake County Management, uh, Salt Lake County Emergency Management Operations Center. Got a first-hand look at what they're doing today. Um, just incredible work over there. Just uh, such this busy, busy place on phones, radios, TV, screens, uh, monitoring everything all day and all the aftershocks and and kind of trying to help calm people down, though, was the main message I got from that experience, saying, please, everybody, stay home with your families, stay in your homes, don't be driving out, don't go panic by anything, don't be on the roads, stay home with your families, you can obviously check and make sure that you can take those steps around your home to keep it safe, but, but please, please don't be going out and about. How you doing? You holding up okay? You know what? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I uh, my dad called and and we had a nice chat and and I realized some of this is just uh, the anxiety of the last few days working in the news, but also being a parent and just being a, a regular person and uh, being back home right now and finishing my reporting here from home has been a lot more comforting for me. And I'm sure I've been thinking about you guys at the station and mm. everything going on there. Well, I'm going to let you go get back to your family and your people. It's KSL News Radio's Mary Richards. Uh, so grateful to you for reporting. Uh, let's stay in touch. If there's anything we can do for each other, uh, let's be sure to do it, all right? For sure. Good luck, Lee. Thank you so much. Uh, so, listen, I'm back and forth with my friends and family here in Salt Lake City and the surrounding area uh, after that 4.6 aftershock of just, what, 13 minutes ago. Uh, I got word uh, that my beautiful wife, uh, Jessica and baby, they're huddled in a door jam uh, right now listening to this program. So listen, I love you guys. Uh, Stay safe. Uh, And what I can assure you and everyone else listening is that during the course of this show, you're going to have up-to-date information, you're going to have accurate information, and it will all be designed uh, to keep us safe. All right. Uh, I typically have a sarcastic and a flippant mood about things, but there's no joking around today. Uh, I'm going to dial it back a little bit and focus on delivering uh, just the information relevant to what's happening uh, today. I want to turn my attention real quick while I have a moment here to a conversation which took place between Dave Noriega, Debbie Dejanovic, and a seismologist this morning, a Dr. Lucy Jones. Uh, She uh, was on the line with them to explain some things. And as I was listening to their program this morning, I really viewed this as just the highlight of the program. Uh, and wanted to be sure we could rebroadcast some of the valuable information shared uh, by that seismologist. Again, Dr. Lucy Jones speaking this morning uh, with KSL News Radio's Dave Noriega and Debbie Dejanovic. Debbie at one point asked Dr. Jones, How would have we known uh, this was a, a foreshock? That word foreshock came up uh, this morning. I'll let Dr. Jones explain. We don't know that. Uh, in fact, I spent a couple of decades researching foreshocks and trying to find something that would discriminate them from other earthquakes, and we never found it. A a foreshock is a main shock that happens to have a big aftershock, and therefore we changed the name. Um, So what we can do is give you the statistics, and it happens about 6% of the time that one of the aftershocks becomes bigger than the first earthquake, and then we change the name. the other thing is this, this probability does decay with time. If you notice, the after, there were way more aftershocks in the first hour than in the second hour, and it's been dying off. And because this is just a type of aftershock, the probability of having an even bigger one dies off quite rapidly as well. It's already been, what, uh, three and a half hours since the earthquake almost? Uh, 
So the probability is probably down from 6% to 4%, and it'll continue. If you get through today without one, it'll be down about 1%. She was then asked, Dr. Lucy Jones, seismologist, was asked, does this earth, and listen, we, as we were uh, younger, learning in high school and such, we learned about this Wasatch Fault, and it was asked of Dr. Lucy Jones, does this earthquake make the Wasatch Fault weaker or enhance the probability of a bigger quake? Dr. Jones. Well, all right, it explains does right away, right? Because this this was probably on the Wasatch Fault. Um, we can see the, the direction that a fault moved during the earthquake, and that's consistent with the Wasatch Fault, and the location is consistent with it. So you've just now basically broken a small part of the Wasatch Fault, and that stresses everything around it. So for the next couple of days, you've got this heightened probability, but still down below, you know, 5% chance at this point. So, uh, and as it, um, it dies off and there's a long tail, uh, so you've got some heightened probability for, for the year. For an earthquake right there, this doesn't change the probability of a, uh, a Wasatch earthquake on a different segment of the fault. You know, you go down to, to southern Utah or up towards the north, those areas are too far away to have been affected by the 5.7. But there is... Um, yeah, you know, there's a small chance, but, you know, if you're going to trigger something bigger, it's almost certainly on the Wasatch Fault as well. That conversation continued between Dr. Lucy Jones, some fascinating information. I'm going to, uh, as we have time for it, present some of that information again to you here uh, during this program. We do now need to take a break right now, but I want to, before uh, we t- step away, let you know that after that conversation we had earlier with Unified Fire Authority, we made reference uh, repeatedly to Kennecott. Well, that is the Kennecott smelter, not the copper mine. You may have heard that from other sources or other people. Uh, the, the situation being addressed by Unified Fire Authority is not taking place at the copper mine, but rather at the Kennecott smelter, which is it's that big smokestack along I-80 between Magna and Tooele. That's where Unified Fire Authority and the supporting agencies, including the National Guard, uh, are dealing with that hazmat uh, situation out there. And our fingers are crossed uh, that the wind doesn't shift in a direction that may endanger surrounding people. Uh, Right now, there is no danger. Uh, Things could change. We're going to stay up to date and current with you on that. When we come back, I want to get uh, an explanation of that aftershock. We, uh, what was it, 20 minutes ago or so, while we were on the air, uh, felt a 4.6 magnitude aftershock. Uh, Producer Amy went to work, got me an expert on the line. Uh, Keith Copper, director, uh, Copper rather, with uh, University of Utah Seismograph Stations, uh, himself a professor of uh, geography, will be joining us on this program next. That's all ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.